We begin today's podcast by acknowledging that we woke up in the city that never sleeps. We woke up, which I guess means we slept, in the city that doesn't. Huh. So much for fitting in. Well, then, when it comes to taking in a show, you will see how patient we can be. I share with you how a teenager can have lots of fun lurking just off stage. Yeah, it's not near as creepy as it sounds. And you discover what is one of my favorite musicals of all time, all on the way to answering the question, Got anything about a Broadway musical? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. Well, if I had a nickel for every time someone has sent this question into the podcast, well, let's just say it staggers the imagination. Yeah, okay, fine, fine. I'd have, well, I'd have a nickel, mostly just because I sent it to myself one time to see if my email was still working. Anyway, a couple of weeks ago, Sarah and I traveled to New York, as in New York City, now, there should be nothing particularly interesting about that fact since my parents live there and Sarah travels there fairly regularly for work. But since the question for today is about Broadway, well, the Big Apple is where we start. The reason for the trip was to see a play. Well, as you know now by the title, a musical to be more specific. It was a couple of years ago, actually, that we bought tickets for this particular production. We bought them in advance, and then COVID came, and the opening of the musical was postponed and then postponed again. And to be honest, I really don't know how many times it was actually put off, and I don't want to exaggerate, so let's just say it was a thousand times. The musical we were going to see was special for a number of reasons. First, it stars Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman? Yeah, Hugh Jackman. And he, he is so handsome. Who is arguably one of Hollywood's biggest stars. He's made over 30 movies, but is probably best known for playing Wolverine in the X-Men series of movies and also for starring in the movie The Greatest Showman. The other star of the musical we saw is Sutton Foster, who is a singing, dancing phenom and is every bit as heralded on Broadway as Jackman is in Hollywood. But this musical is special for me in, well, in more personal ways. When I was in high school, the Clarence Brown Theater in my hometown put on a production of The Music Man. Now, if you need a quick memory jog, The Music Man is probably best well known for the 1962 movie version starring Robert Preston, Shirley Jones, Buddy Hackett, and Little Ron Howard. Before this showing in my hometown opened, they had a professional photographer come in and take their publicity photos for the show. After the photos were shared with the cast, those who were in the, well, non-lead roles realized that none of these pictures really included them in any kind of noticeable way. All the publicity pictures were focusing on the two leads for obvious reason. As it turns out, I had a friend in the play who recommended that they pool their resources together and hire this local high school kid who was pretty good with the camera and get him to come and take pictures for them. Now, I'm pretty sure when I say they pooled their resources and paid me to come take pictures, they probably paid me for my film and developing. I don't remember if I made anything else. But for me, that was pretty exciting that I was not losing money as I was taking pictures. So I was the official photographer for the cast, 
and I got to stand just off stage taking pictures for all of their shows. It was so much fun, and therefore, for obvious reasons, I have a really special place in my heart for this particular musical. Fast forward more years than I care to count, and we're on our way, my wife and I, Sarah and I, to take in a show. It was really fun to see it again. Very quickly, after the curtain went up, it became clear that the vast majority of people in the theater were there were there just to catch a glimpse of the megastar Hugh Jackman. It was so true that the first time he steps onto stage, there's a great deal of whistling, screaming, and catcalls, mostly coming from the women in the audience, that delayed the production, well, maybe five minutes or more. Everyone on stage is just waiting for the room to calm down so they could get on with the show. They seemed confident that the audience would eventually get under control, whereas I really wasn't sure that we would ever get back to the story. It was pretty crazy there for a little while. Anyway, if I haven't said so before, I really love this musical. But it's not as if I love every part of it. Like anything, I have favorite parts and less favorite parts. I have a favorite song. I have a least favorite song. What's my favorite song, you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. Well, it is, of course, 76 Trombones. You know, the one that goes 76 trombones caught. Yeah, sorry. I guess you really don't need me to sing it for you, but it goes something like this. 76 trombones led the big parade With 110 cornets close at hand They were followed by rows and rows Of the finest virtuosos The cream of every famous band Seventy-six trombones caught the morning sun With a hundred and ten cornets right behind There were more than a thousand reeds Springing up like weeds There were horns of every shape and kind You have no idea how hard it is for me to cut the clip off from that song. I like it so much. This song really stirs me. No kidding. As Professor Hill sings about the grandness of the band... I am totally swept up in it every single time. And I know, if you know the story, you can say, but wait, this guy's a con man. He's not creating a band. He's creating something fictitious for people to believe in so he can get their money. This song is at the core of the con. It's how he gets everyone on board. Just quickly as an aside, let me point out something that always jumps out to me at the end when I see the music man. This isn't really what this podcast is about, but this is always interesting to me. There's a very telling moment at the end of the musical when the little boy named Winthrop confronts Professor Hill, the con man, and Hill finally comes clean. He admits he's a crook and a liar. Hill then tells Winthrop, though, that he has always thought Winthrop was special from the very first time he saw him, and that's why he wanted Winthrop in the band. Now, he's a little boy, but he's pretty sharp, and he understands This was a con from the beginning. There was never going to be a band. So the little boy challenges the statement when Professor Hill says, I wanted you in the band. And he says, what band? To which Hill says, I always think there's a band, kid. That's why this song is so compelling. Interestingly, at the moment it's being sung, the character isn't swindling the community. At the moment it's being sung, he's caught up in the fantasy of the band just as much as everyone else. 
As I said, that really doesn't have anything to do with podcasts, as much as that part really excites me. Of course, I also have a least favorite song. In the musical, there's a woman named Marion, who's the town librarian. Oh, and she also happens to be the town piano teacher. She doesn't have a romantic interest in her life, much to her mother's disappointment. But in a song at one point in the musical, she makes clear that she longs for some sort of person in her life. So at this particular scene, as her piano student quietly does her piano exercises in the background, Marion begins to sing. Good night, my someone good. All right, there I go again. I don't really like the song particularly, but I really like to sing. Anyway, the song goes like this. By the way, these two clips are not from the Broadway production we just saw. I would have a hard time getting a hold of those right now. These are actually taken from the movie version, the 1962 movie version. Now, this song you just heard, sung by Shirley Jones, is the song that I don't particularly care for, not because of her voice. She certainly has a wonderful voice and sings it very well. But for me, it lacks all the excitement of the song 76 trombones. It's kind of mournful. And 76 trombones can draw you in, hold you. And this song just, well, it lacks in melody and energy what the other song carries so powerfully and easily. Then, at the end of the musical, the two songs are combined to overlap. Both of these characters sing their song. While a hundred and ten cornets played the air Then I modestly took my place As the one and only bass And I oompahed up and down the square Good night, my someone Good night, my love With a hundred and ten cornets right behind Our story shining Now, as you've just heard, they took my favorite song and my least favorite song and combined them for some sort of moment of confusion and dissonance for me at the end of the musical. But more than that is happening right here. Because for those of you with a trained ear, you might notice something and be shocked. Maybe you aren't shocked. But the fact is that it was surprising for me. You see, these two songs aren't all that different, or they wouldn't be able to overlap them like this. Actually, they are the very same melody. The first time I discovered this, it really blew my mind. Now, they put in an extra two notes to get the whole word 70 to fit in at the beginning, but they're the same. So, good night, my someone, and 76 trombone. 
is the same music. It's the same melody. Okay, so why, Dan, all this lesson in music, and why are we having to learn all of this about a musical? Well, because it seemed to me that there's a life lesson here. Look, it's easy in life to get excited about things that stir me, stir us deeply. It's also easy to judge as less valuable those things that do not. Just look at the number of posts on Facebook that come from people saying, I came from the era of great music. There's no great music being produced today. Now, what they're really saying is, the music I grew up with stirs me deeply, and the music that other people are growing up with today, it doesn't do anything for me, so it has no value. Which, by the way, is not a new thought. My mother, who's over 90 years old, talks about the fact that her dad used to say the exact same thing to her about her music and his music. As I said, we have a tendency to take that which we value and say it's important and good, and that which we don't enjoy and say it's not important or even bad. And nowhere is that more true than when it comes to music. And of course, also faith. We are stirred deeply by our own faith, by our own denomination, even our own church that we attend. And we look at other ways of faith, other ways of worshiping, and we judge them. We judge them as being inferior. And yet, and yet part of the lesson here is that if we listen carefully, we just might discover more similarity than we thought. Now, as a quick caveat, there will be people who hear this and say, exactly, Dan, all religions, all faiths, all denominations, they're really just the same. And I want to be clear, I don't believe that. Actually, I'm the last to say that all religions are the same. I've generally found that this is something that's said by people who don't know anything about other religions, and they're making a pronouncement that is less sparked by knowledge and more motivated by a desire to let themselves off the hook from learning what others really believe. We don't honor people by saying they're all the same. We honor people by acknowledging what makes them different, unique, and special, and then celebrating what a wonderful, diverse world we live in. So, so I'm not saying all faiths are the same. They aren't. But maybe some parts of the melody are similar. Perhaps most of us, of any faith or denomination, most of us are just trying to figure out in our faith journeys how to follow God, how to figure out what our Creator wants from us, and then struggle with how we can live all of that out in our own lives. That's something we all have in common, regardless of the faith that we follow. Look, I still enjoy 76 trombones more than Good Night, My Someone. Don't worry, I'm not going to start singing again. And having preferences is okay, because I also enjoy having discovered that there's an underlying melody that bonds these two songs together, regardless of how different they may seem on the surface. And, and I like how thinking about that reminds me that there's an underlying theme that ties all of humanity together. We were all created by the same God. That's all for today. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for SkyPilot FaithQuest. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, my email address is dan at skypilot.zone. 
On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to Sky Pilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.